live from Studio 6B on a uh, Wednesday night. Why is it I have to look down at what night it is on the computer every night? Because you turned 50. I mean, God almighty, every night I do the opening line, I have to look down to make sure I remember what night it is. Wednesday night, live from Studio 6B, glad you're in lots to do. Man, I had a great time last night. When I left here, well, that kind of tells you everything. That does huh? not sound Once good. Once I got rid of you, dead weights. It <laughs> was the best part of my night, too. <laughs> I had a, <laughs> I, you know, I stopped my, I said, this doesn't sound right. But you know what I mean. I had a great time last night when I left here and went home. And I did a uh, post-show AMA. Ask me anything, and people did. It was great. I, mean, I was tired, but I had a great time once we once we got into it, to, and the audience was great. Slick Rick, you jumped in the chat. Yes. Yeah. It was good. People wanted to know, did you ever answer the size of your closet? Yeah, I told a aircraft carrier. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay, very good. That was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. So yeah, I watched for a little bit. Oh, you did? Yeah. Did you... You didn't jump in the chat? No, I didn't jump in the chat. I'm I'm busy watching, uh, watching TV. Well... Well, what were you watching that was more important than jumping in the chat with our very fine audience? Well, Gutfeld was on. The Queen's funeral. <laughs> I had to. Oh, oh, God. oh, Gutfeld was on. Okay, well, that's acceptable. So I had to, I had to watch the end of Reacher. Oh, Jack, wasn't that great? Jack great. Reacher? Jack Reacher kicks butt, man. Isn't that okay. a great, great series? It's so funny how were different Were you eating it is. while you were doing it? Of course. Of course. Of course. It, These are all things we talked about in the chat last night. It, you know, that show's great because, you know, there was the Jack Reacher that had Tom Cruise, who was like a Lilliputian. Who's, right. And Jack Reacher the, in the book is just a monstrous seal type of guy, right? Yeah, he's 6'4", six, 6'5". Six, right. And the guy who plays him looks all of it. <laughs> you know, he looks like, uh, you know, he looks like an animal. Oh, I, liked, yeah. I like those movies. What show is, what, what is this on? This is on Amazon Prime, oh. which I get for free. I scam it. I won't pay that bastard a penny. So I use a, a legal card. So if I'm up on Google, I don't think we want to be. T- we don't want to be giving away these secrets that you have. Hell with Bezos. Because you finish the show. You yeah. scam the Amazon Prime. Is that's what you're w- telling us. Yeah, out of principle. He's got to watch football Thursday nights now. I can't <laughs> watch football else Thursday nights without Prime. I give everybody 10 bucks a month. Every time I look down, it's 10 bucks a month. Are you telling me? I pay Slick Rick 10 bucks a month I, to see I, his feet. Are you telling me that you don't belong to Amazon Prime to ship to your house today? My, With my, the amount of shopping that you must have going on in your house? My wife has it. <laughs> it doesn't mean I condone it. Oh, okay. Okay. So Paul doesn't pay for it. His wife does. Yeah. <laughs> got, got it. <laughs> Something like that. Got it. They got me. Okay. It's things. It's, I, I turn around. I'm like, oh, yeah, I want to watch this hockey game. Oh, it's on ESPN+. Plus. I'll be darned if I give them a 10 bucks. My son's like, I, I, I pay six because I'm a college student. You have it? <laughs> So I'm paying for that too. <laughs> That's the old double whammy there, Paul. <laughs> it's all your favorites. I can't wait. I got three more years before I move to the country. <laughs> I bring like 300 books, every CD and record and set up and, and, mm. and just go. I write a manifesto. I have a beard down to here. Everyone leave me alone. I'm going to read the Gulag Archipelago. I'm going to read Nietzsche. I'm just going to read and I'm going to write a mess manifesto and then the FBI will hold me off. From my checkered history. Uh, Paul, future Chicago mayor Bradley, um, I can't, I think it's Laborman, says, I can give him my ESPN plus password if you want it. DM me. 
<laughs> no, just put it on the chat. You'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody will take it. Yeah, no one will notice the right. thousand sign-ins all of a sudden. Uh, all right, well, Slick Rick, speaking of ESPN and sports, what's coming up in sports tonight? Well, we've got a great Mike Tyson story. I think he's going to change his name to Smoking Joe when you hear that one. we got a high school football coach that was actually shot earlier today in California trying Jeez. to break up a fight. Yeah, and there was a ruling. Remember that that mother that told the daughter to go punch that girl during the basketball game? We ran that story oh, from yeah, California. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so that that ruling finally came down today. She got a fine, and she's got to do some, uh, I guess, some classes for uh, diversity. So we'll talk about that as well. Okay. All right, very good. Um, <clears throat> lots to do tonight. Crazy Town, return of car guy Joe. As uh, Biden went to the car show today, walking around like he had Jerry Nadlered himself or something. I don't know. He walks around like a robot or so. He's just this, I don't know. Just a disaster. Um, yeah, look. look. Like, what, is he, what is that? It's like the Night of the Living Dead. Look at him. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Look at the, the look hands at the hand. are like. We've got to get like. Yeah. Um, <laughs> They've got to get grip. like big arrows on the ground to tell this guy where to go when he's out and about. He has no idea where he is all the time. He's always looking around, pointing. Do I go this way? Do I go that way? Look at, where look do at I go? This is Corvette. <laughs> I mean, they've got to put arrow, big green arrows or something on the well, ground. There's a nice gas closely. This way, Pops. <laughs> he's actually on one of those, uh, you know how a kid, they put those kids on those leashes? I think he's on one of those. I swore I he was going to walk into that stand-up right there. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I can't That's believe he's not for. wearing a helmet. I mean, he's, he looks so... Uh, I mean, it's not funny. He he's just doesn't look well. He just does not look well when he goes... I mean, just looks... Take me to your leader. Oof. Like a sleeve stack. He took a picture with that Corvette, and I think he thought it was an electric car, and then someone said it's not even an electric car. Look at his hand. It's not just... even electric. Uh, but let's talk about something bigger um, that's going on than Biden at the car show waddling around, not knowing where he is. Um, and that is this possible strike if you think things are bad now let me just put you on fair warning this railroad strike i heard i heard the united states former u.s manager of walmart's warehouses across the country all the warehouses he's he's for he is not there anymore he's left but he was a guest on cnbc this afternoon and the host said to him you know if you were still managing these warehouses what would happen if this thing goes a couple months or something and he said a couple months he said, if this goes more than a couple hours, we'll never recover. And the, and the host said, excuse me? He said, this is not something that could even go. He said, if it goes longer than two days, I don't see how we recover. It would be such a disaster to the economy, to retail, to the American, uh, to our economy, to the American people, um, you know, just getting goods for the holidays the rest of the year. Never mind weeks. You, not, we don't, not only do we not have weeks, we barely have days. We have more like hours if this strike goes forward. And the Transportation Secretary, Pete Buttigieg, who I've been telling you is the single worst incompetent, well, he fits right into the administration perfect, Transportation Secretary. We, I have no idea what this guy does. He says today, well, here's his advice. Here, here's the big plan to save this. Well, both parties are going to have to give a little bit to make everybody happy. That's his strategy. <laughs> That's what he says today. Good God. Now, there's a piece by Stephen Green in PJ Media today. PJ Media, one of my favorite sites. And he says, let me give you a little spoiler. Biden wants the railroad strike. 
Biden wants the railroad strike. There's a railroad strike looming, one that could derail the entire U.S. economy. Put the brakes on our supply chains even more than we already have them on and create new scarcities while inflation rages unabated. And T. Biden is totally absent. You think it might be bigger news that the country faces a railroad strike one minute after midnight in the darkest moments of Friday morning. But there are a couple possible reasons for that. The first is Jim Garrity's suspicion that, quote, observers simply assume that a deal will get done because the consequences of even a brief work stoppage would be so far-reaching. And that's what I didn't understand about this until I listened to this guy who used to run all of Walmart's, you know, every single one of their warehouses, from port to warehouse and warehouse to store. He was the middle person there, from port to me, me to the stores. He said days or weeks. If this went more than 48 hours, he said, I don't see how we would recover. He said, my suspicion may jar you. What if the White House believes those consequences are desirable? What few have felt or even noticed, and this is what gives me my own more sinister suspicion, is that some of the effects of a railroad strike are already unfolding, even though it is yet to begin. Already, freight companies are putting contingencies in place, like stopping the transport of dangerous materials and delaying trains that could be abandoned at the magic hour of 12.01 on Friday. Let me repeat, a strike has not been called but our still gnarled supply chains are getting kinked up even further. You'd think the White House, particularly Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg, would want to get out in front of the speeding train and stop it before it crashes headlong into what is already a fragile economy. And yet it's radio silence from Team Biden. It helps instead to think of the Biden administration as something other than Democrats, really, When it comes to their goals, means, and even tone, this is European, hard-left labor government. Any Brit who lived through the 70s would find the Biden administration instantly recognizable. Back in the day, Britain's labor governments used to perform a kabuki dance with Britain's labor unions. The unions would make outrageous demands, then go on strike. Labor would give them a legal wink and a nod. The economy would grind to a halt. And then labor would grudgingly agree to almost all of labor's demands. Work would resume until the next round, which never took very long. The most infamous was probably 1972 coal miners' strike that resulted in blackouts and a three-day work week due to shortages. Who benefited? Well, labor did. Everyone else suffered with high prices, poor quality, and an economy that was stagnant when it wasn't chaotic. Joe Biden is so pro-labor that he frequently disses Elon Musk and his non-union Tesla Motors, even though they're the best-selling electric vehicle that Biden seemingly wants everybody to drive. There could also be a more sinister power play in Biden's seeming inaction here. If the freight unions can demonstrate their power over the whole nation and win big concessions on wages, conditions, and benefits, that plays right into Democrats' playbook. The hope, if I had a guess, is that the workers in other industries might decide to unionize and flex their own muscle. 
The more union dues, the more foot shoulders available for the Democrat causes. But maybe Team Biden thinks there's even a bigger political benefit to be had out of the economic chaos that is sure to ensue. That's the big card they played to take power in 2020, and it's paid multi-trillion dollar dividends. Do you really think Democrats care about the businesses that will be destroyed or the inflation that will be unleashed when it's them and their friends rolling around in funny money? Everyone else will suffer through high prices, poor quality, and an economy that's stagnant when it isn't chaotic. But as long as the multiple crises don't go to waste and they keep their power, that is all that matters. Joe Biden is happy to push all of us into a ditch along with him. So that's what should be on your radar because this is a serious problem if this goes forward. Hard to debate. Just I wish I could, uh, I wish I was as eloquent as that because that nails it. I mean, it's nonstop. It's been, you know, this whole um, pro-union, pro-union, pro-union. But the unions, you know, have turned into essentially a mafia without the mafia pulling from the unions. You know, it was a, a point where, the, where Labor had a point. You know, they had to stand together at times. But the thing got completely hijacked by the left wing of the political party, which became the Socialist Communist Party. And, you know, that's the Soviet Socialist Union. You know, it's, it got too powerful and you know, it just got too ugly for uh, America's liking. All right, more on this. Keep it on your radar. Everybody's got to give a little, Pete Buttigieg says. Oh, great. Good strategy. All right, we're back right after this. All right, 17 past the hour live from Studio 6B on a Wednesday night. Glad you're in. Get our chats all fired up. See some friends in there. Good to see. Make sure you share the show. Get it out there. Make sure you're following Real America's Voice at Real AM Voice on Getter. Make sure you follow us as well at LFS6B pretty much everywhere on social media except for Instagram, which not a big Instagram. I don't post enough photos. I should take photos during this show and post them on Instagram, LFS6B show on Instagram, but I don't do enough. So um, had fun last night with everybody in the live chat post show. We'll do some more of those. Thank you for uh, staying up with me. We went to about midnight. It was pretty good, though. It was good. So one of these nights, maybe the guys will join me afterwards. and We'll do a little, uh, maybe they can let loose. <laughs> Not like you don't on the show, Paul. <laughs> but let's do sports right now. Sports is brought to you I was going to say we should uh, do my lead story about... Uh, well, yeah, we'll, do, plethora, that in a, we'll a do that in a second. Yes, we'll do that in a second. UFOs. Yes. Um, let's do sports. Sports is brought to you by MyPillow.com slash LFS6B. What's going on, Slick Rick? All right, Big D. Well, we got a Slick Rick Wednesday night Wrangler Rodeo report right here. Pendleton Roundup from Pendleton, Oregon. This is the Pendleton Roundup Arena. Kicked off earlier this evening. Steer wrestling, first round. We got a tie. Nick Guy and Bryn Roy, 4.8 seconds. Team roping, Braden Schmidt and Andy Carson, 4.8 seconds as well. Um, then we also have tie down, Shad Mayfield, 8.5 seconds. Barrel racing, Casey Gartner, 28.57 seconds. That must be one long course. And steer roping, Logan Curry, 11.8 seconds. This rodeo has a $588,000 payout and will 
will be going on for the rest of the week. We'll be reporting on it nightly. And, uh, well, some bad news tonight. A coach was shot. Football coach shot while trying to break up fight outside high school. The Tlaib brothers there again? Yeah, bad. No, not the Tlaib brothers. Not this time. I, I don't know what happened with that case. I never followed up I on that. I think he went to jail. Yeah, well, for like sure 20 minutes. <laughs> Maybe 25. Or Hawkins of Breitbart. Uh, Vallejo High School defense, defensive coordinator Joe Pastrana was shot Tuesday afternoon while trying to break up a fight outside the high school in Vallejo, California at about 3.40 p.m. The suspect, believed to have shot Pastrana, who was not a student, fled the scene in a black Audi. Vallejo, Vallejo is roughly 30 miles north of San Francisco, and California leads the nation in gun control, according to Mike Bloomberg, affiliated every town for gun safety. However, Breitbart News pointed out that while California was number one for gun control in 2021, it was also number one for active shooter incidents. So interesting. But uh, we'll keep a uh, follow up. That's just raw. High school. At a high school. Yeah. You see some of these videos that have been breaking of these kids getting abused in the bathrooms. Oh, I mean, it's mm-hmm. just it's just unbelievable. Thankfully, the two that I've seen, the follow up has been that both kids were arrested. But I mean. Oh, the kid who was pile drived into the wall, yes, Damon. Yes. Oh, I saw that. Ugh. And then he kicks him. Unbelievable. I didn't see that. Just brutal. Terrible. Did it look racially motivated? Yes. Well, how come the media didn't pick up on it? We usually pick up on these racially charged. I don't know. Oh, wait a minute. I get it now. Okay. Moving along. Oh, right. It's the other way around. Live Golf turned down by tech giant for being too toxic. Uh, this is originally posted on Larry Brown Sports. Steve Del Vecchio. Live Golf is looking for a broadcast partner in the United States, and at least one tech giant has reportedly turned down the opportunity to work with the Saudi backed golf league. According to Dan Rapport of Barstool Sports, Apple TV has declined an offer to broadcast live events due to Live being too toxic. Rapport speculates that Live may try to work out a deal with Fox, as general other major networks already have partnerships with the PGA Tour. Live has now held several events and and still does not have a media rights deal in place in the U.S. Front Office Sports reported last month that Live has held discussions with anybody and everybody in the major network and streaming worlds. They are believed to be seeking somewhere in the neighborhood of 500 million. That's reasonable for an exclusive media rights deal. Thus far, Live tournaments have only been able been available streaming on YouTube, DAZN, and Facebook. Over the past several months, Live has poached both top golfers and top media personalities from the golf world. But can't cut a deal with a network. Very interesting. I'm sure they'll get somebody to take them on because there's a lot of big names in there. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. There's really. supposedly some bigger names coming. I, I mean, there's some reports of another top 10, maybe top 10 golfer looking at going to live. I don't know who it is, but I saw those reports too. So, wow. All right, very good. We'll do some more sports. Let's do some news here. News brought to you by our friends at 7cells.com. <clears throat> Paul Nolan, what's going on? Well, uh, Ukrainian astronomers claim UFOs everywhere over Kiev. Interesting, right? Uh, Ukrainian astronomers said the skies over the war-torn country are crowded, not only with Russian missiles, but a large number of UFOs. The surprising claims were outlined in a new research paper published by the main astronomical observatory of Ukraine's National Academy of Science. The paper was titled... Unidentified Area Phenomenon, um, Observations of Events, uh, claims that researchers have detected numerous UFOs from two media observation stations in Kiev and the village of Vinarkrivia. Yeah. 
Bless you. Yeah. <laughs> About 75 miles outside the capital. They said, we've seen them everywhere. We observe a significant number of objects whose nature is not clear. F- uh, flights of single group and squadrons of ships were, de- were detected, moving at speeds from uh, 3 to 15 degrees per second, which is obviously incredibly fast. Uh, Ukrainian scientists involved in the studies described two different types of UFOs. They called cosmics or phantoms. Cosmics is a luminous object that appears brighter than the background of the sky, while a phantom is a dark object, a completely black body that does not emit and absorbs all radiation falling on it. The main characteristics of the UFOs observed uh, by astronomers is the extremely high speed, which can uh, only be detected with specialized equipment. So this is from where? This is from. um, uh, Wait, what was the name of the the uh, The publication that this article is? Friendsufo.com. The uh, main astronomical <laughs> observatory of Ukraine's National Academy of no, no, Science. No, who's the article printed? Who's this is New York Post. Oh, the New York Post. Gotcha. Uh, but they're, they're <laughs> citing the uh, the research paper coming from, you know. <laughs> Chris, uh, Chris uh, Linfield, PhD, says UFOs in Ukraine probably flying away with our money. Yeah, well, I, well I'm thinking of, oh, oh, that's great. This is like NASA's Star Wars program, and this is like the military-industrial complex tested you know, building new stuff with our taxpayer money to fly it over Ukraine for a while, test it out. If it breaks, so what? Once it's really good, the private sector will pick it up. They'll make quadrillions off it, and we paid for their research. Sound about right? Well, no, I don't know. It doesn't sound right to me. I don't, I don't know about these UFO. I don't, I don't know. Well, you don't think it's you, not just to visit, <laughs> but to live and to work oh. on the moon. Think about that. Yes. Yeah. Is she flying them around? She probably thinks they're UFOs. So wait, you guys ever see the stealth bomber? Oh, yeah. How'd you see it? It's invisible. Oh, never mind. No, but like, <laughs> think about it. The stealth bomber, that technology was available. Like, it started about 20 years before we first saw it. Right. So well, they'll yeah, be well, testing stuff now. You don't think they're working on better stuff? You think they're just resting on their laurels, the war machine? Well, well think about it. The, the stealth has been out for 40 years at this point. Right. Right. And we so, saw it so, the first time at, at what, Super Bowl... Like 2000, uh, with Whitney Houston singing and stuff? No, we saw it in uh, 1990 when uh, they used it for the first... Uh, no, I think it was 92 when they first... Or 91 when they used it for the first Iraq war. Right? That was the first time I think they actually put it into use. And people were like, oh my God, when did we get these? And it turns out we had them for like a decade. Right. And you know, it's funny. They said at that time we had two. They, and they can't be detected. All I kept thinking was, why not say we have like 70 of them? If you can't detect them, let them think we have. You know? <laughs> right. Well, and it's stop, funny because... Uh, stop spending our money, man. Because Congress reclassified um, the definition of UFO. They changed the terminology, and yeah. now there's an office in the Pentagon yeah, that's specifically what, tasked with... Uh, they see, you just said it. What is it called again? Yeah, UAV. UAP. Right. But yeah, but basically phenomenon. they're going to they're going to try and decide. I don't know how they're doing this because they're going to say, "Well, we're going to investigate the man-made ones." Well, how do you know if it's man-made if it's unidentified, you dopes? And it's and it's just on, you know, it's it's just Biden. under the speed of light. Yeah. Oh, look at that. We got to go to break. Biden, <laughs> Biden's a UGP, unidentified grounded phenomenon. <laughs> Hunters Part 3 coming up. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) 
Studio 6B, 30 minutes past the hour. Glad you're in. Paul Nolan's going to do some news. We can do some more news. He only did the one story. Um, Rick Delgado's here. No, what even is that today? No. And actually, no, what even is that coming Friday. up? Because you're off to Tennessee off. Yeah. for yeah. Parents Weekend. Tennessee. Paul's off to a wedding. Um, and we're off on Friday night because... You have that graphic, G? We're going to have pre-rally coverage. Come on now. Big Daddy T in his house. Let's go. American Sunrise at Henry and Karen Turk. Happy hour pre-rally special. Boy, that Turk is terrific, by the way. Yes, she is. Tremendous. Save America rally. Um, her shoulders hurt, too, from co- uh, from yeah. carrying the uh, morning show, probably. Um, <laughs> live from Salem, Ohio, Friday night, 7 p.m. They'll take you to, I don't, I don't probably doing two, three hours there. I mean, they're, Ed and Karen are fantastic. All fantastic joking. show. You mean the Karen show? So they'll You're be. Right. Um, Boy, Karen is good. They'll yeah. be Friday night. And then they'll be the next Friday, I believe, too. President Trump has a rally in North Carolina. <laughs> A week from this Friday. So next two Fridays, I believe we're going to be off. And you'll be able to enjoy uh, Ed and Karen uh, covering these rallies, which they do. And America, uh, Real America's Voice does. I mean, come on. If you're going to watch a rally, and I've watched all the other. I mean, people are going, okay, Damon, could you be more of a homer? It's not that. Because I would say not. People who know me know I'd say nothing if I didn't think it was what I say it is. Um, I've watched all the other people who cover rallies. Every one of them. Nobody covers a rally like we do. Nobody. It's just that that's just a fact. Nobody covers the rallies like we do. Ed and Karen do a great job. Zen Masters put in a just a tremendous um, way of doing these. The way they do them, the production of them, the way they do it. Talk to the people. Yeah. The the, the commentary. Ben Berkwam, well, you got a firsthand. I mean, you- I got a firsthand look. I was right there, and yeah, they keep it humming. I mean, Zen Junior's on point. Everybody's on point. Kate's running everything. She's she's. You see her doing circles, and you think things are going crazy, but she's got it all under control, and it comes out great. Yeah. So you got rallies for the next two Fridays, man. Just uh, knocking it out of the park. So that'll that'll be good. Um, Let's talk about the economy. Let's talk some inflation. I want to see some of these cuts today because we talked about how yesterday the White House just, I mean, how about like, just read the room, man. Just read the room. What the hell? I mean, who is telling them yesterday that's a good idea? As much as, you know, good good for them. Let let everybody think they're total idiots. That's what we want. We want them to get crushed in November. Well, let me ask you this, though. But my God. Because, because you know, to, to, to us normally normal people, we see that and be like, yeah, this is a, this is a bad look. What are you doing? And and what part of it is they don't care because they're just trying to get everybody to realize to to, to feel like this is the new normal. Like, hey, this is this is expected. Hey, we knew this was coming. Hey, don't worry about it. It's all going to work out. Maybe they're, you know, it's. That, I don't. It's that. I don't buy that because everybody feels inflated. It doesn't matter. It doesn't know the difference between right and left. It doesn't know income level. It doesn't. Inflation doesn't know. It doesn't. It doesn't affect people. You know, unless you're Jeff Bezos, unless you're, you're making a you know a couple million dollars a year, and even then, I I, I think it affects you. Who the hell wants to go to the gas station and pay six dollars a gallon? Who wants to go spend twenty five percent more on groceries every week? If you got kids, you know what you spend already. Who right. wants to go? I mean, there's nobody that's looking at the way this, the way it takes to get through the month right now and going, oh no, yeah, yeah Biden, he's got it all under control. And as a matter of fact, Trafalgar Group 
And some of their new polling shows exactly that. Right, but if that's not who I'm talking about. I'm talking about the people that you saw on that lawn. The, 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 the boneheads you saw talking yesterday. They want you to believe that this is normal, that this is okay, don't worry about it. Because to them... But who, but who believes po- that? I just think they're I'm, all. I'm I think the they're people, all coached up on their talking points. They all like have. A, it's like having a sales meeting where they bring in the board and their bosses tell them everyone pitch this incredible job we're done and they'll yeah. stick to the story and we're all we're all going to be all right, Rick. It, it's like the talking points yeah. they give them to the media and the media runs with them. They don't, they don't question it. They just go, okay, yeah, no problem, okay, okay, yes, of course, of course. Okay, well, let's see what the let's, media. Let's, let's see what the media thinks. And let's, let's, try and get, uh, let's try and get all the normies to just figure, oh, I guess this is the well, new normal. Every liberal outlet with. praised them as they're, they're saving America. Yeah. It was okay. like they followed suit. All right. Uh, first one, MSNBC cut one. G, roll that. How long with these rate hikes, Steve, will it take to see inflation come down? Using this blunt instrument, this tool of raising rates to bring it down, is that a short-term goal or is that something that takes a lot of time? That, that's exactly the right question, Willie. And what yesterday's numbers did was it increased the probability of there being what we call, we're calling a hard landing, that there's going to have to be a recession, recession here mm-hmm. to get mm-hmm. inflation down anywhere near the Fed's 2% target. And so we're going to have to see what, what comes of it. Oh. Um, but it's, it's certainly not going to happen in the near term. There's only one more report before the midterm elections. And we're, we're looking at a much longer process, process than that. And the question is going to be how consumers react to these numbers, both ah. economically and politically. Okay, let's, to the hills. let's go cut to CNN. Let's see how, what they thought, thought of yesterday. Roll that. You're listening there to President Biden at the White House. He's celebrating the passage of the Inflation Reduction Act. He says that he's been fighting Big Pharma for decades. Yeah. Um, but there is this unfortunate split screen right now with the Dow taking a total beating down more than 1,200 points. And so it feels like uh, it's hard to be celebratory for some people in the ah. crowd. Oh, cut three. How about CBS? Let's hear what they had to say. Roll that. Government figures show groceries climbing more than 13% on average, oh. electricity spiking nearly 16%, and rent oh up nearly 7% over the last year. Those high prices, plus the likelihood the Federal Reserve will raise interest rates again, sent the markets tumbling. Just as the president and Democrats were celebrating passage of their Inflation Reduction Act. A single most important legislation passed in the Congress to combat inflation and one of the most significant laws in our nation's history, in my view. The new law provides funding to fight climate change, ease health care costs, and hike taxes on big corporations. But it does nothing to address short-term price hikes. Bravo. That's exactly right. It's inflationary. The whole damn bill. Everything they've done is inflationary. And even the media recognizes it. They can't even report on it any other way. Because there's no, there's, no, um, there's no gray area here that they can make up. Because everybody's living it. We all live the same existence here. We all pay the same prices. A little variance in gas from state to state. But we're all living the same reality under the Biden administration. So I don't care how many times Pelosi gets up there. Oh, it's a great day. She can, make, she can try to make us think that's a great day. Nobody thinks it's a great day. Not even the stupid people who voted for her and him think it's a great day. Because we're all living the same reality. And the reality is that most people think right now everything sucks. And it's too damn expensive. And they see their savings going down. They see their credit cards going up. They see their 401ks going down. They see mortgage rates going over six now. They see house values going down, and they're going to continue to go down. 
because that's maybe the biggest deflationary thing the Fed can have happen is to kneecap the real estate market. So you have young voters, young buyers who are looking to get into a house who cannot get into one now. So, of course, what do you have to do if you can't buy a house or you have to put off buying a house? Oh, you have to go rent. Rents keep going up because they're, they're fighting against themselves by raising mortgage rates. Because when you raise mortgage rates, then people are forced to go rent. And landlords go, hmm, well, if you're forced to go rent, then let me just keep up in those rents a little bit. So once again, you have too few dollars chasing too many goods everywhere. It's sticky throughout the entire economy. And you're going to get a 75 or 100 basis point rate hike next Wednesday. God forbid it's 100. And as Steve Ratner appropriately said on MSNBC, we are set up for a very hard landing. Very hard landing. Which means recession and mixed attacks policy of going after the rich as they love to do. And then you're staring at depression somewhere down the line. And then throw in the old train strike if that happens. And not only on your one way, you're a one way ticket there on the express to all of it. But that didn't stop Pelosi today. Cut four, G. Roll that. Yesterday, we had a great celebration at ah, the White House. Listen, <laughs> uh, for the passage and the president signing earlier the Inflation Reduction Act. Mm hmm. It lowers cost for families. It's so exciting. It's historic. There has never been anything like it to pass this Great. Congress. Now she's having, Congress you know, taking Ridlin with her uh, vodka martinis at lunch. To preserve our planet for the children. In that respect, it is a health issue, clean air, clean water, environmental justice for the children. Uh, it oh, saves for the money for, for the families. children, right. Historically, we have been working for decades to enable the secretary to be able to negotiate for lower prescription drug prices. And it's, that is now the law of the land. In addition to which, uh, there will be a $2,000 cap for seniors uh, so that they don't have to pay more than that. This is remarkable. Okay, Again, Jane. historic. Enough of her BS. <laughs> As she sits there and lies. And I'll, and, I, and I'll tell you this. Nobody in that room believes her. Not even the lapdog media believes her at this point. And I'll tell you how I know. Cut five. Roll that. On the inflation report that came out today, uh, the president is promising the Inflation Reduction Act will do just that and bring down costs. But this bill does not address food or housing, prices of which we are seeing going up. So what is your message to Americans who are seeing these rising costs? And are you confident that you're doing enough to, to finally bring these down? So look, the president has said for uh, some time now, when it comes to his, uh, his number one economic priority, is to deal with inflation, is to make sure that we are lowering costs for Americans people. Okay, for stop the American it. people. For I don't need to hear much from her. <laughs> the idea that she continues to get in there and say, oh, the president to deal with inflation. There's nothing the president's going to do to deal with inflation. He, he has no tools to deal with inflation. The only person who has tools to deal with inflation is the Federal Reserve. That's it. Blunt instruments. Blunt instruments. You guys created it. Now the Fed has to deal with it. Spend, 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 spend. 
He doesn't have any tools to deal with it. Oh, the president's going to deal with it. No, he's not. He's not going to deal with it. You guys keep making it worse. Your fiscal policy goes, fiscal policy goes, flies right in the face of what they're trying to do, monetary policy. Last one, cut six, roll that. What exactly would the Inflation Reduction Act do to reduce inflation in the short term? So I, I, when you look at um, the lowering costs in particular uh, for, uh, for Americans, I think that's important when you think about how inflation <laughs> nope. uh, has, uh, she has, has no increased clue what she's uh, talking about. Uh, for American, Americans. If you think about the $100, uh, uh, saving about $100 per year on, on premiums with ACA, uh, when you think about um, lowering costs for she seniors, that at 2000 a year instead of thousands and thousands of dollars, a month that lowering of cost is not uh, deflationary as we, uh, as we deal with a time uh, that is uh, difficult for many, many Americans. experts economists has said themselves no. uh, that this would uh, be uh, the inflation reduction act would um, uh, uh, would, would be beneficial to Thinking about 300 extra 300 billion dollars in deficit uh, that is really important as we have uh, right Stop now 1.7 <laughs> they spent 1.8 trillion on the damn bill <laughs> 1. 8 tri- uh, 3, 300 billion 300 billion we're going to bring the cost down cost down we're going to deal with it the president's going to deal with it shut up inflation who don't even understand the makeup of it listening to her is so frustrating but she just doesn't even know what she's talking about like literally doesn't know what she's talking about making it up as she goes along oh it's unbelievable the most insidious tax there is on the american people and the people who are out there talking about it telling us they've got it under control number one told us it was wasn't even going to be here it was transit team transitory. Yeah. And now as they try to explain what they're doing to control it, it, they don't even know what the hell they're talking about. They don't even understand the mechanisms of it. President has no tools to deal with inflation, period. Stop spending. That's how you could help. You have maybe a helping hand. You have no, uh, ugh, so frustrating. Um, all right, let's do some news and hear what the news is. Paul Nolan, what's going on, Mr. Nolan? We got a victory for the good guys, also from the New York Post. An NYPD cop who sued the city over the COVID vaccine mandate can't be fired for not having the jab, according to news um, precedent-setting ruling that could help nearly two dozen police officers who filed similar cases. A Manhattan judge said Officer Alexander Deletto, 43, should be allowed to keep his job, noting Tuesday's ruling um, that the city gave Brooklyn cop no explanation why it rejected his religious exemption application. This is the first such ruling in an NYPD officer's case fighting their possible firing over the mandate, according to attorney um, Jay's Mermigas, uh, who, representing Deletto, has been dubbed the anti-shutdown lawyer for taking on a slew of pandemic-related litigation. So the city's first uh, denied the request for the religious exemption from Deletto, who is Catholic, on February 15th, 
and later shot down his appeal with only does not meet criteria given as an explanation according to his lawsuit. So good on him. Hopefully this will mean we can reinstate a bunch of cops who were fired and a bunch of city workers and first responders and nurses and you know, maybe we could take it. You know, take this to the next level with with some clash actions against the city itself because this is um, it's a big deal. Good for him. Speaking of um, things related to the to the bioweapon, do we have any? I, we don't have any clips of um, Fauci with uh, Rand Paul today, do we? Rand Paul um, came prepared. Let's put it that way. I'll tell you what. Um, in all in all honesty, if you want to find that on your um, you know, on your uh live stream over there i got a great story from fox news i think it's hysterical um so here it is uh, ron DeSantis sends two planes of illegal immigrants to martha's vineyard <laughs> <laughs> how great is this guy Amen. i saw that one how great That's is awesome. this guy this is just terrific florida governor ron DeSantis followed through on his promise to drop off illegal immigrants in progressive states sending two planes full of migrants to martha's vineyard on wednesday um, supposedly Obama's limo picked them up, but who knows? <laughs> I can't there you go. I'll put some B-roll up for you. Uh, a video provided to Fox Digital uh, shows migrants deboarding the planes at Martha Vineyard's airport in Massachusetts. So uh, <laughs> Obama's that way. Obama's <laughs> compound over there by the water. He's worried about uh, yeah, the climate change, so don't get yes, too close this, to the water. Yeah, it might be rising. rising in his $40 million <laughs> place. Yeah. Great. No, yeah, no sure. mass necessary. So, yeah, nothing right to see here other than uh, I'm rich and you ain't, buddy. Um, so uh, anyway, this is from... Uh, from uh, the DeSantis team. Yes, Florida can confirm two planes with illegal immigrants that arrived in Martha's Vineyard today were part of the state's relocation program to transport illegal immigrants <laughs> to sanctuary <laughs> destinations. States like Massachusetts, New York, and California will be better to facilitate the care of these individuals who have been invited to our countries by incentivizing illegal immigration through their destination as sanctuary states and support for Biden administration's open border policies. So let the uh, let the limousine liberals and the yeah. in their ivory towers feed these people. Good there luck. There you go. Good for the governor. Good luck. Good, good for luck. the governor. Yeah, it's good stuff here because I mean it's, it's it's an absolute it's an absolute joke. It's a complete joke. Do you have the, the, the places that this has happened so far? D.C. Mariel Bowser has not been such a big fan of it. Surprisingly, New York City. The mayor there has talked about, "Oh, this is not uh, this not the uh, utopian dream they all dreamed up." I guess it's okay for Texas and Florida and all these bo- Arizona border states. Yeah, you guys just deal with it. Here, have some. Oh, no, no, no. They don't like it as much when it's on the front doorstep in New York and Massachusetts and. In D.C., Mariel Bowser, oh, you know, this is a real it's a real problem. New York City, oh, it's a real problem. Oh. Chicago's freaking out, too, over it. Uh-huh. Well, well, let's keep sending them there. I also have more DeSantis news if you want to get to it or you want to get back to sports because we seem to only do sports on this show now. I've go been, ahead. I feel like I've been fired. You have, <laughs> that's a little strong, Paul. Go ahead, Rick. Go ahead. No, I'm, you I'm, go ahead. What no, else Gio just have? yelled at me in my, in my ear over here. All right, DeSantis, I'm giving it to you real quick. He uh, just he went after Christ, uh, Chris' support for uh, vaccine passports. I'll give you the quick head on it. He, um, you know, he said that uh, Republicans have struggled to regain momentum. Uh, you know what? I'll do this one. It's too big a story. I apologize. Rick, you go. But that's, I just love what this guy's doing. He stands up for all of us everywhere. 
All right, sports it is, Big D. Here we go. My pillow. Paul my, Q-Jew. I don't know. nothing else I need to say. Brought to you by uh, My Pillow. Don't forget to support Sorry, Mike. Guys. Get those purple slippers whenever they come out with them. But uh, good stuff here. Let's get into the uh, Major League Baseball. Sorry hey, division races are heating up, guys. We got a little over two weeks left in the season. And could you believe the Cleveland Guardians are in first place in the NL Century? NL Central. What a, what a great name change that must have been, huh? But anyway, right now the Cardinals are up seven over the Brewers, uh, up two to one over the Brewers. And up seven in the Central Division in that race. Yankees continue to lead Toronto by six games and Tampa by six and a half. Yankees right now uh, are playing uh, the Red Sox. They're up three to one in the top of the sixth inning. The Dodgers have clinched. They're up 21 games over San Diego. They've clinched their division. They're on their way. They look fantastic. And uh, what else do we have? And we have oh, the New York Mets and the Braves. Another good race. Mets up one game over the Braves. And right now they're trailing six to one versus the Cubs uh, out in New York. York uh, in the middle of the fifth inning, and uh, the Braves, well, they lost earlier today to the Giants, that by a score of 4-1. to one. Uh, So we'll keep an eye, on the, obviously, on these pennant races, and uh, Aaron Judge on possibly joining Red Sox. We'll talk about that at the end of the year. Victor Barbosa of the Yard Parker. Right now, all the talk surrounding New York Yankees slugger Aaron Judge is about his chase for 61 home runs. We were talking about it last night. Well, almost all of the talk. Soon after he demolished a pair of clutch home runs, his 56th and 57th of 2022 on Tuesday night, to help the Yankees down the rival Boston Red Sox at Fenway Park. Some of the discussion shifted to the potential him someday calling Beantown home. While the thought of the New York legend signing with the Red Sox may seem like blasphemy to some, it's widely known that the possible 2022 AL MVP will command a massive payday this offseason wherever he decides to take his career. Judging the Yankees weren't able to come to an agreement, uh, which we talked about earlier in the show, uh, of a $19 million deal, but uh, right now went to arbitration. However, the 30-year-old four-time All-Star said... uh, what does he think about playing in Boston? And he said, ooh, uh, Judge said, we'll talk about that at the end of the year. Boy, that boy's going to get some contract come big day, probably $30 million. Uh, another story, and I'll go through it quick, guys, and please don't bust out laughing here, but University of Utah police investigating topless fans at football game. This is what, Zach what? Washington of Yard Barker. <laughs> Wait, what? Yes, it appears certain fans attending future Utah Utes game, football games may want to have a second thoughts about what they wear or don't wear at Rice-Eccles Stadium. Per TMZ Sports, they're always on it. University of Utah police officials are looking into an incident said to have occurred during this past Saturday's 73-7 to blowout win over Southern Utah. And uh, after two women attended the game topless and wearing body paint on their torsos, a female officer asked them to put their shirts on. They comply with the request. The university statement explained detectives will follow up this week to screen for any potential criminal charges. Students will be also be referred to the dean of students for other potential discipline. Uh, we want to be very clear that profanity, public intoxication, rude and disrespectful behavior, racial and derogatory comments, or verbal attacks directed at individual groups will not be tolerated. University of Utah President Taylor Randall said, and Athletic Director Mark Holland said in the, uh, a letter sent to the football ticket holders. But actually one woman went on TMZ, she was there with her kids and kind of really brought it to light. Uh, Malaya Johnson, and uh, anyway I'm not going to be able to get through this. I will follow up on this though, and I'll give you the second of you will. half of this uh, in my next sports report. Big D. <laughs> It's amazing what sports has gone to. Can't wait for the wrap open. It's more amazing that these are the only stories in sports. <laughs> oh, I've got plenty of other stories. That's a good story. It is.
Live live from Studio 6B, Hour 2 on a Wednesday night. Glad you're in. Paul Nolan's here with the news. Rick Amorati's got more sports. Rick Delgado's here. Gio Fran holding it down as always. So Rand Paul had um, the little criminal in front of him today, Dr. Fauci. And if you could throw this up, G, here's, um, here's how it went. Uh, but she's had the flu for 14 days. Should she get a flu shot? Well, no. If she got the flu for 14 days, she's as as anybody. The best vaccination is to get infected yourself. And if she really has the flu, if she really has the flu, she definitely doesn't need a flu vaccine. If she really has the flu, she right. should not get it again. No, she doesn't need it because the, it's the be, it's the most potent vaccination is getting infected yourself. This is an ongoing question, and you know we've had ever evolving opinions from you, Dr. Fauci. Currently, antibody surveys show that eighty uh, percent of children, approximately eighty percent of children, have had COVID, and yet there are no guidelines coming from you or anybody in the government to take into account their naturally acquired immunity. You seem quite certain of yourself in two thousand and four, but in two thousand and twenty-two, there's a lot less certainty. One of the things that we also know after looking at this for two to three years uh, is that the mortality uh, from COVID is very similar, if not less, than, than influenza. So when we look at this, we wonder, you know, why you seem to really embrace basic immunology back in 2004 and how you or why you seem to reject it now. Well, <clears throat> I don't uh, reject basic immunology, Senator. And I have never denied that there is importance of the protection following infection. However, as we have said many times, and as has been validated by the authorization of the, by the FDA through their committee and the recommendation by the CDC through their committee, that a vaccination following infection gives an added extra boost. And that film that you showed is really taken out of context. I believe that was when someone called in who had had a reaction to a vaccine and asked me through a telephone in the interview if they should get vaccinated again. So it was in the context of someone who had a reaction. And as a matter of fact, Reuters fact check looked at that and said, Fauci's 2004 comments do not contradict his pandemic stance. Actually, words don't lie. If you look at the words behind me, we can go over them a little bit at a time. She doesn't need it because the most potent vaccination is getting infected yourself. It is true. It is true, Senator. It is a very potent way to protect. So when you're trying to tell us that kids need a third or a fourth vaccine, are you including the variability or the variable of previous infection in the studies? No, you're not. Because when you have approved vaccines in recent times and the committees that have approved it for children don't report anything on hospitalization or death or transmission. 
They only report that if you give them the jab, they'll make antibodies. And you can give kids hundreds of jabs and they'll make antibodies every time, but that does not prove efficacy. So what you're doing is denying the very fundamental premise of immunology that previous infection does provide some sort of immunity. It's not in any of your studies. Almost none of your studies from the CDC or from the government have the variable of whether or not you've been previously infected. So let's look at adults. I've had three infections. Should I get a fourth one? If you're gonna measure whether I get a fourth one, you need a, a category that has a fourth one in it, and you need one that has nothing in it, no vaccine or the fourth vaccine. But you also need to know whether they've been infected. If you ignore whether they've been infected, you're ignoring a vaccine, basically. So you're ignoring a variable. So what you're giving us is this, the, you decry, and people decry vaccine hesitancy, it's coming from the gobbledygook that you give us. You're not paying attention right. to the science. The very basic science is that previous infection provides a level of immunity. If you ignore that in your studies, if you don't present that in your committees, you're not being truthful or honest with us. Uh, Senator, if I might respond, I have never, ever denied fundamental immunology. In fact, I wrote the chapter in the textbook of medicine. Is it any, on the, fundamentals, any, any of the guidelines? Any of the guidelines for vaccines? You know, do any of the guidelines for vaccines from the government include previous infection as something to base your decision making on with vaccines? Do uh, any of the guidelines involve previous infection? That's why you're ignoring previous right. infection, because it doesn't involve any of the guidelines. And furthermore, we've been asking you, and you refuse to answer, whether anybody on the vaccine committees gets royalties from the pharmaceutical companies. I asked you last time, and what was your response? We don't have to tell you. Right. We've demanded them through Freedom of Information Act, and what have you said? We're not going to tell you. But I tell you this, when we get in charge, we're gonna change the rules, and you will have to divulge where you get your royalties from, from what companies, and if anybody in the committee has a conflict of interest, we're going to learn about it. I promise you that. Uh, Mr. Chair, can I, can I respond to that, please? Okay, there are two aspects for what you said. You keep saying you approve, you do this, you do that. The committees that give the approval are FDA through their advisory committee. The committees that recommend are CDC, through their advisory committee. And you keep saying, I'm the one that's approving a vaccine based on certain data. So I don't really understand, with all due respect, Senator. You're the and one I that said you would not no. reveal, you would not reveal what companies well, well, gave you the royalty, company gave the other scientists royalty. You gotta move that's on. You told oh, the committee. Senator Paul, so, you sir, gotta move I, on. Could, could I please answer that? Yeah, we don't care about your answer. <laughs> I would love to hear him squirm now. I really would. I mean, I, I mean, I guess not, but I want to hear him lie more. Okay, the more well, he well, speaks, the more he lies. There's another 40 seconds of his answer. Here it is. Keep asking committees. They're not my committees. They're the oh, what an easy, VERPAC what an committee for the FDA and the ACIP for the CDC. So I don't have any idea yeah, right. what goes on. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Feel as well as wow. you. No okay, we're gonna we're gonna move on. We're yeah. over time. He Senator Paul, you're like over. a rat every single time you see him. Mm -hmm. Well, you notice you notice though his change. Like Remember when he was so so like you know aggressive yeah. with Rand Paul? He's not aggressive anymore. Yeah.
He's recoiling. He's total, yeah, he's totally yeah. backed off. Like, right. uh, you know, uh, if I may, Senator, yeah, very polite, kind of keeping it down because <laughs> he knows he knows it's coming for him. You know, if he had a revolver like Yosemite Sam, he would have just started shooting. <laughs> he just would have started blowing away Rand Paul there like, I've had enough of this guy. <laughs> And then, and then, you know, you talk, Huckleberry now. you talk about the natural immunity. There was this uh, article from, uh, who was it? Uh, I think it's Daniel Horowitz, that COVID shots erase natural immunity. Yeah. A new study published in the New England Journal of Medicine, I think we've heard of that, reveals that not only did Pfizer shots turn negative after five months during the Omicron wave, making vaccinated individuals more likely to get the virus, but they actually erased immunity from prior infection. So if you had that immunity from your prior infection, as soon as you get that shot, it starts to destroy that natural, uh, that natural immunity uh, process. I mean, how about the strange blood clots coroners are finding yeah. in, in the cadavers? I mean, it's really crazy when you look at those videos of the, si- of the, um, of the slides. Like the gl- gl- they're like globules. Yeah, they're pulling out six-foot strands. Oof. It's oh. sick. Blood clots. And then out of Denmark, they're barring COVID vaccines for almost everyone under the age of 50. 50! Wow. It means if I was there, I'd only have this year to be protected. <laughs> <laughs> Again, it's about your age. <laughs> yeah. Anyone over 50, well. You keep your mouth shut. Amazing. <laughs> but you're, uh, you're, you're, perceptions of, of Fauci are right on. He, number one, he looks a little older, getting a little nervous about what's well, to come in the coming years. I guess he's uh, bleach-bitting everything and shredding papers why he hasn't left yet. He's, gonna, he's got three months of shredding his uh, paper trail. Yeah. Paying off all his cohorts. But the thing about Rand Paul's line of questioning on natural immunity, I mean, th- these are things we talked about on the show for years. Yeah. Scientists like um, Dr. David Katz out of Yale talked about. Um, guy from Stanford, who we always referred to, talked about making decisions without reliable data. And then obviously we talked about natural immunity. We talked about immunity and how we would build up herd immunity when he wanted to lock everybody under the kitchen table. Well, if you just, you're going to hide everybody out, what do you think is going to happen when they all come out from under the kitchen table? They're going to get sick. So what... what I mean, listen, most of us know now that for two years, what we were talking about was right on the money. And all of those people then who told us, no, 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 or this, are now writing books telling us that, yeah, you basically were right back then, but we had to do what we had to do to scam you. And, and what's crazy is that it was just, it was basic. It was what we knew from other viruses. It was, you know, take care of yourself. Um... You know, take some vitamins, vitamin D, vitamin C. Uh, uh, you know, Zelenko talked about it. Zinc is, is one of the major things to take when, when you've got a virus, any virus. And, you know, and then, of course, when, when you point out, oh, by the way, what happened to the flu? Because that's one thing that, that Rand Paul mentioned early on in that clip is that when you looked at the flu numbers and the deaths from the flu, they were comparable to COVID, COVID-19. And yet nobody died of the flu. In the last couple of years, they all died of COVID nineteen. Yeah, we even saw we in October. Even before, motorcycle accidents died of COVID nineteen. Yeah, suicides, you know, heart attacks, falling off ladders. 
you know, the, that whole scam they got away with, with COVID. Yeah, but the heart attack killed them. Not the COVID. It doesn't no, matter. Doesn't matter. Lob it in there and let's incentivize the hospitals. Oh, and, yeah, let's, let's, uh, let's kill people with the ventilators because get 36000 for that. Yeah, and, and that's one question I still don't think we have an answer to. I don't, th- I don't think I've ever heard anybody ask it. Um, who incentivized the hospitals to say, you know what, if this is COVID-19, you're going to get more money? Whose idea was this? Yeah. Where did that come from? We definitely covered some articles about that topic. I don't know yeah. the answer to your question, who it was, but... Um, Even the CD, what's her name, uh, Rochelle Walensky? I would say the government is the one who incentivized it. I'd have to go back and look, but yeah, we definitely covered articles about it. Rolen- yeah, it Walensky? Pretty, yeah, she admitted that the uh, their agency, the CDC, gave false information on COVID vaccine safety. I mean, it's, just, it's all falling apart, but mainstream media is not covering it. But this is why I say... Well, that's why let's stop letting these major pharmaceutical companies advertise on television because the television stations are incentivized to protect them because that's their advertising dollar. Yeah. Conflict of interest right there. Two nations in the world let that happen. How are we one of them? Grinds my gears. And this is why I say <laughs> that uh, Republicans running. There's not enough Republicans still running on this. And I don't know if it's because they're afraid of the former president who seems to still have his attachment to these vaccines, and that's a problem. But uh, we'll see. We'll see. All right, Crazy Town coming up. Sports news as well. Live from Studio 6B on a Wednesday. tell you about uh inflation well we've been talking about it <laughs> oh god uh birch gold let me tell you about them consider your financial alternatives fed's going to talk next wednesday 75 basis points 100 basis points what's it going to be not good for you no matter what it is not good for me not good for you and probably eventually not good for the economies it's probably going to come to a grinding halt because the fed's going to overreact as always and that's why Steve Ratner rightly says on MSLSD that we're heading for a hard landing. There's no way to avoid it. The Fed's working on numbers from a month ago. Like everything's a lagging indicator. So they have no idea that what they're doing now is actually what they should be doing because they're going to know about now a month from now. Does that make any sense? No. So one of the options to consider is physical gold and silver. And the folks that talk to our Birch Gold, Philip Patrick, will be with us on Wednesday night, 8.30. Uh, Birch Gold, experts in precious metals and A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. Thousands of satisfied customers. Most importantly, they'll give you options. Buy some gold coins. Convert an existing IRA to a gold IRA. You can even convert an eligible 401k account to a gold IRA account. Here's how you get started. Text America. Send it to 989898. And Birch Gold will uh, send you a free information kit with absolutely no obligation. They'll show you how to protect your new gold and silver investments in a tax-sheltered account. Come on. Let's get the facts. Get started today. You have nothing to lose. Text America to 989898. 
and get your free information kit from Birch Gold. They've made it super easy. Just take out your phone. America, send it to 989898 and find out how owning gold and silver could help protect your savings. All right, 18 past the hour live from Studio 6B. Let's do sports and hear what that is. Slick Rick at Slick Rick Sports on Getter and on Twitter. Um, sports is brought to you by our friend Mike Lindell, of course, whose phone was seized yesterday. Of course it was. He ordered too many burgers at Hardee's. Yes, not because of that, not because his pillows are no good. I saw someone said, well, you know the little tags they tell you to never take off the pillow? He, that's what he did. That's why they went after him. Oh, God, what a caper. The, so, first, the first thing the feds have I, done in a while. He I think the before. FBI heard that his sheets have deep pockets, and they thought maybe he had the same pockets. Uh-huh. Maybe it was all the cash he was stuffing exactly. out of the pillow. I read something today that uh, they think uh, one of the reasons that was given, at least on the warrant, to get the phone was that uh, they think that there's been some Something going on with some computer machines, voting machines, tampering with or something or other. So, I mean, who knows? So he's investigating the machines and they're going to say he was tampering kind of a right. thing? or Yeah. I so, guess so, someone that w- they're looking into for fiddling with the machines gave him data for one of his cyber symposiums. So they're just looking to see if he can prove that, I guess. Right. Okay. And, and, and keep in mind, they don't really need his phone, right? They can just... No, it's a fishing expedition, just like Marlago thing, and just like everything else, it's a fishing expedition. Hey, what can we find on these Trump guys? Yeah, and but what I, they do is then they say, right, they spin it through the news cycle, and doesn't matter if he's not guilty of the public perception of, you know, from the detached liberals, they'll say, oh, he's, I told you he's a loon. No, I mean, I mean, they, they capture all that information anyway, right? Yeah. They, can't they just go to one of their, their NSA guys and say, give us everything from yep. Lindell? Yes. Why do they need his, his actual phone? Maybe because it's, it's a good optic. Exactly. All right, let's do sports. Here with that, Slick Rick. What's going on, Slick Rick? All right, girls. Basketball player's mom forced to pay 9 k after daughter punched opponent. TMZ Sports right on it. The mom who told her daughter to attack her opponent during a youth basketball game last year has been forced to cough up more than 9000 in restitution to the teen victim after agreeing to enter a diversion program TMC Sports has learned. Back in November, Tira Hunt was heard on video telling her daughter, whose father's ex-NBA player, Corey Benjamin, to go after a rival player following an on court collision in Garden Grove, California. The victim's mother went to cops over the violent incident, and in December, Hunt was hit with two dis- misdemeanor count- counts and uh, contributing to the delinquency of a minor and battery. Hunt was facing up to one year in jail if convicted, but today, an Orange County Superior Court judge approved a diversion program that has a laundry list of conditions. Among Hunt's requirements include the 9K payment, written apologies to the victim, her parents, and two basketball teams involved, and anger management classes before returning to basketball games on top of that hunt has been forced to stay away from the victim so that's the resolution Nine thousand sounds awfully light especially from Corey benjamin's uh, ex-wife but yeah it is what it is i don't know i 9, think that 000. a little lenient light like a joke light no I statement at all I mean, made look on that. again like this is again like if the colors were flipped i mean will we get the same punishment right i mean be honest i want to uh, know you're, you're right paul you're 100 percent right I, I was naive before you guys were talking about those bathrooms I wasn't even thinking. I, I thought it was the. It's crazy. It's just. Yeah. It's so ridiculous. And yet, yet, 
LeBron James screaming about the uh, Phoenix Suns owner. They they like they should put the guy in jail, take his team away, and everything for what he said. And LeBron is I'm not even covering that story, but you know the complete role reversal, like you yeah, said, Paul. Sad. And uh, well, here's a little lighter story. Big D's gonna love this one as well. Mike Tyson, Ric Flair, smoke blunt at weed conference. This is, uh, <laughs> this is from Yardbuck. Mike Tyson and Ric Flair were on Cloud Nine Woo! Tuesday night because the two sports legends smoked doinks together after attending a cannabis conference in Chicago. Chicago, and judging by the vid, it was some good stuff. The Nature Boy posted a clip alongside Iron Mike, lighting up blunts on camera, smoking and giggling together out in the streets, smoking that Ric Flair drip all night long with at Mike Tyson. Woo, Flair captioned the video. I thought this was a good tie-in, because we always mention Tyson, and we just talked about Ric Flair last night. Tyson and Flair became partners in Mike Tyson's 2.0 business earlier in the year, and the two collaborated on Naich's Ric Flair drip cannabis line, according to Ben Zinger. Oh, my God. Yeah, we're going to How much that be, though? That's too wacky. Flair and Tyson smoked multiple blunts on stage at the conference. <laughs> According to Benzinga, uh, where Mike and Rick touted the benefits of smoking marijuana over using drugs like Xanax for pain relief. <laughs> Flair said during the event that smoking pot was a much better way to manage the pain he was experiencing due to the stress from the wrestling industry that was put on his body. This isn't the first time the two legends blew down. Mike and Rick smoked with Rick Ross at Benzinga Cannabis event in April after the boxer famously beat up a man on an airplane so i think mike tyson maybe changed his name to smoking joe and by the way muhammad ali back in the day had rope a dope mike has smoke a dope and that's a rapid sports big d back to you i mean I, I just i gotta go to espn i can't imagine the sports is this slow today i just can't imagine it. these are good stories these are good come stories. on that's a good story come well, on we have rick flair and mike tyson that. d that was great right. two legends talk about blunt force drama yeah. which one g all right, LOL of the day. Arizona Senator Mark Kelly asked about Brandon. Roll it. And so if he came out here, held an event, uh, you'd, you'd attend that event. Oh, you'd I, like would, you'd I, would like certainly, that. I would certainly consider it. Consider is not. I would, well, I would look at it. Yeah, I yeah mean, sure. I mean, I, mean I, I could be in Washington, you know, voting on important legislation. I mean, that's that's. That's very it's a possibility, but if you were free, you'd, you'd gladly go and. Read, well, and, and it would and, depend and on what the event was, where it was, <laughs> and you know what's you know what's what's the goal. But if the president wanted to come out here and 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 see Arizona, you know, I'd welcome him to do that. You know, your thoughts on his job? Has he done a good job? Do you think? Hey, I, you know, I, you know, I, first of all, it's not. <laughs> My job to give him a report. Oh, there it is. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> wow. The, ne- wow. the next question should have been uh, if he came out here specifically to campaign for you. Wow. <laughs> would you show up? <laughs> yeah, would you show up to your own event? Yeah. Yes or no? Well, it depends on, uh, you know, of course, uh, you know, if I'm going to leave. Holy cow, man. <laughs> uh huh. That's funny. That is a that is that that's a brutal takedown without being a takedown. But man, oh man, that's just well. That, I mean, listen, that is that has to be the reality of where any Democrat who has any common sense about the reality of Biden being attached to you. I mean, that's what every one of them has to feel. <laughs> yeah, I mean, think about there's it. There's no is, way not to be. This is Arizona. Yeah. He he was such a clear cut winner. They called it after one percent. Of course he's going to be a barnstormer when he comes into the state. Mark Kelly's a fool. I mean, oh my goodness. that is just... <laughs> Crazy Town coming up. 
30 minutes past the hour, live from Studio 6B on a Wednesday night. Glad you're in. We'll do some more news. We'll do some sports, some other clips to get to if we have time. Another LOL of the day to get to if we have time as well. But let's do Crazy Town. The return. Now, we've seen videos of Joe Biden behind the wheel before. Electric cars. I think <laughs> Ford was the last place he was at. Driving that pickup. Yeah, me will have the guy in the background just completely remote controlling him because they didn't trust the spaz to drive. <laughs> Told the reporter, if you stand out in front of the car, I'll show you how fast it goes. Ha, 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 ha. What a good joke, Joe. Uh, Joe returns to the, I think it was the Detroit car show. G, am I right about that? Return of the car guy, Joe Biden. Roll it, G. Us every night. Detroit. You have chairs. I'm gonna say you've been standing a hell of a long time. You don't have any chairs there. Please sit down. Probably heard twice already everything I'm gonna say. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, I drove all three of these vehicles. In other places, on the back lawn of the White House, there's still tire marks. Anyway, I want to thank you, Ryan, for that introduction, and uh, I say to your wife, child, no purgatory for you. Straight to heaven, be married to Ryan. I tell you. Sorry. <laughs> Governor Whitmer, thank you for the invitation Don't. today. Don't you're, you're the best. You're the best. Oh, that's his favorite And that song. short guy next to you on your right, I don't know, man. During the last, not last, two administrations ago, we're sitting one day in the Oval Office, I swear to God, and President Obama turned to me and said, Joe, go Joe. fix Detroit. We're over <laughs> oh, here. No problem. And Joe. I know every He's single talking to flags. Most Imagine the guy with the spotlight trying to catch city. the prisoner on the but wall. Anyway, thanks. <laughs> trying to keep up with him. You've Joe. heard from Commander Dingle. There you go. I tell you what, I don't screw around. Whatever she says, <laughs> I do. And by the way, as everyone will tell you, she's over here, Mr. President. No, no, no. But guess what? She's always right. Debbie's like my sister. Just tells me what to do. And usually she's right. So, anyway, I want to thank everybody for being. Look. And Mike, uh, thanks a lot for uh, passporting the city. And I'm just, this is not what this is about. We're investing $80 million in your airports. But at any rate, look, um, as the saying goes in Claymont, the city I moved to in Delaware when I was in third grade, uh, UAW brung me to the dance because we had such a small population and we had about as a 14% of our entire population was was, was auto workers. He made that up. <laughs> largest Chrysler plant outside of Detroit. Outside <laughs> of it. And we had the largest GM plant. And uh, so anyway, you know, you all know I'm a car guy. I'm yeah. here because the auto show. What a motorhead. Uh, vehicles here give me so many reasons to be optimistic about the future. And I really mean it. 
just looking at him and driving him, it just give me a sense of optimism, although I like the speed, too. I used to be, uh, used to be that to buy an electric car, you had to make all sorts of compromises. But not now. I signed into law the Inflation Reduction Act. It gives tax credits to new electric vehicles. And they proceeded to raise the price by the same amount. Charging stations will be up (laughs) and easy to find as gas stations are now. We're also going to invest $7 billion to make American car companies and have the batteries and other critical materials they need. When I tell business, and I'm not joking, whether I'm speaking to the Chamber of Commerce or the Business Roundtable or the major organizations, (laughs) Why am I so pro-union? They don't give you the credit. The American people don't understand. It's cheaper long-term to hire you because you do it the best, it lasts the longest, and in fact, you do it with everybody. People don't know that. Got it. Same <laughs> I come from, they know it, but they don't know do it that. With everybody. It's not that they're mean about it, they just don't understand. Think one day you show up and you got to trade, man. You're all set. But you work like the devil to get there. <laughs> <laughs> and your work product shows it. I don't know, people, I wish I had time. Well, I don't want to take your time, but there's so much to explain that people would, when they go, whoa, I didn't know it would do that. But you see these two ladies sitting in the front here? Oh, boy. Don't get in their way because they want to make sure that it gets done. And we got a secretary of transportation and a secretary of energy and a secretary who all are with us and they want to make sure it gets done too. We all know the neighborhood where the Tigers used to play, you know, on the corner at Michigan and Trumbull. Well, I tell you what, this one is going to help restore Michigan Avenue and the former glory to make improvements in the future as well. My economic agenda has ignited historic manufacturing boom here in America. The most advanced nation of the world can't and by the way, I won't go into that. <laughs> Come on, you can't you know, start a story. And I worked with longshoremen back in my state oh. and around the country. Oh, that oh, was talking about the longshoremen. You know, we had all this shirt. new modern equipment to deal with the supply chain to speed up uh, product coming in. Well, we put all these new cranes and equipment in, but I made a deal with the. With, I was. I shouldn't say. I, longshoremen. I, I suggested that. Anybody displaced because they're not in my. What? Used to always hear from my uh, friends and the other team. Yeah, they spend a lot of money and maybe some of it worthwhile, but they're just increasing the deficit. He's doing a deficit. Guess what? <laughs> He's doing shit. First year in office, <laughs> we reduced the deficit. Three hundred fifty billion dollars. Five dollars. And we'll cut it by another <laughs> hundreds of billions of dollars more over the next decade because of the Inflation Reduction Act. That costs one point eight trillion. Because Medicare is going to be able to negotiate lower drug prices, mean taxpayers pay out less money. These investments no, are also tools, tools tool. to fight against climate change. Oh. Building cars with zero tailpipe pollution, running on a cleaner grid, making and, in, and inventing the technology is going to power the future. Mm-hmm. When President Obama and I took office back in 2009, the auto industry was on its back. We were told, as you remember, and this was one career. By the way, as I said, all <laughs> kidding aside, what? my state used to have the highest percentage of auto workers of any state in the nation. Good God. At the end of that speech, which I guess we didn't put in, he stands up there and he looks around. He starts to walk one way, stops, <laughs> walks the other way. Then he looks at someone and goes this way. <laughs> It's like, just put the big arrows down on the ground. This way, Pops. Big arrow. Follow the arrows, Joe. Follow the yellow brick road home. 
They need to, for the car place. They should probably have traffic lights and and crossing signals so he could he knows where to go. My God. Um, cut eight G just so we can get done with cars. Roll that. <laughs> More shakeups are on the way at Ford. The company announced it is laying off thousands of workers. In an email sent to employees, the company said it's laying off roughly 3,000 white-collar and contract workers. Ford says about 2,000 of the targeted cuts will be salaried jobs at the Dearborn plant. Oh. The company says the remaining layoffs affect employees working in contract positions with outside agencies. According to Ford, it's part of an effort to slash costs as it transitions to electric vehicles. Oh. Great. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right, let's switch gears a little bit. Um, this news broke. I think Paul did it last night from Just the News. And the Federalist today has a follow-up. The FBI paid for Russian disinformation to frame President Trump and seven other takeaways from the Durham's latest court filing. Our federal government, you know, because I, th- I think we kind of glossed over how big of a, how big of a news this news drop this was yesterday yeah it was i mean i was surprised you guys didn't really comment on it because this is they nailed paying them off i mean it's a it's a u.s election it's just crazy the fbi put a contributor to the hillary clinton campaign's donald trump smear dossier on the fbi payroll as a confidential human source after investigating igor danchenko for allegedly spying for the Russian government, revealed special counsel John Durham in a court filing unsealed by a Virginia federal court yesterday. This filing contains this bombshell and seven other significant details about the Democrat-led plot to use U.S. intelligence agencies to deny Americans the result of their choice for president in 2016. The FBI made, made Danchenko a confidential human source providing him and the FBI's use of him national security cover in March 2017 and terminated that designation in October of 2020. According to the court filing unsealed on September 13th, Danchenko is the originator of the false claim trumpeted all over the global media that Donald Trump told prostitutes to pee on beds the Obamas had slept in in a Russian hotel. I think we all pretty much remember that. The FBI had previously targeted Danchenko, Christopher Steele's primary source, as a possible Russian agent, but after discovering Danchenko's identity as Steele's subsource number one, rather than investigate whether Danchenko had been feeding Steele Russian information, the FBI paid Danchenko as a CHS. Danchenko faces trial next month on five counts of lying to the FBI related to his role as Steele's primary subsource. One count of the indictment concerned Danchenko's denial during an FBI interview on June 15, 2017, of having spoken with PR Executive One about any material contained in the Steele dossier. PR Executive One has since been identified as the Clintons and the Democratic National Committee. Uh, connected Charles Dolan Jr. Also, according to the special counsel's office, Danchenko fed Steele at least two false claims about Trump that originated in part from Dolan. The four other counts of the indictment concerned Danchenko's allegedly false claims that he had spoken with a source whom he believed 
was the then president of the Russian American Chamber of Commerce, Sergey Milian. Danchenko repeated that assertion during several different FBI interviews. Danchenko's trial begins next month, but two weeks ago, as part of the pretrial process, the government filed a motion which seeks a ruling from the court on the admissibility of various evidence. Here's an overview of what we learned yesterday, and I'll just give you the, the highlights. A witness says Danchenko sought to broker Putin's purchase of classified intel. The FBI paid for Russian disinformation to target a U.S. president. Hillary Clinton paid for Russian disinformation as well. And then they, they finished this article by saying lies, lies, damn lies, and sources. The FBI's investigation makes Maxwell Smart look like Jack Ryan. Steele was duped. That's our story, and we're sticking to it, according to the government. Star Witness says, no thanks to testifying. Four of the five counts against Danchenko concerned Danchenko's allegedly false statements to the FBI about a telephone conversation he claimed he had with an individual he thought was Million. Under these circumstances, Million would seem to be a star witness for Durham. But in the motion, the special counsel revealed that Million refuses to testify because of concerns for his and his family's safety who reside abroad. And I'll tell you what, this else, what else this calls into question, and I don't think Margot Cleveland covers it in here. But I think we need to go back and look at Jim Comey's testimony over the years. And see what lines up and what doesn't line up now that this has bro- this story has broken. Because if I remember correctly, James Comey was asked specifically about some of these things in some of those hearings. And I think it calls into question a lot of his testimony. So maybe one more thing the Republicans can put on their um, calendar if they take back the House. All right, live from Studio 6B, we'll wrap it up when we get back. to the hour live from studio 6b on a wednesday night glad you've been a part of the show get a chat's been fired up make sure you share the show each and every night it helps us out it helps out real america's voice get the word out there as well so make sure you do that make sure you visit our friend mike lindell he uses he needs all the support he can get right now mypillow.com slash lfs6b uh, uh and then of course follow us all on social media Papa at papa nolan on getter at slick rick sports at ugly american rad and me at lfs6b uh, let's do some sports. Now, we're going to do Thursday night. Paul's not going to be here tomorrow because he has a wedding. Rick's not going to be here because he has Tennessee. So it's just me and Slick Rick tomorrow yeah. night. So let's do the odds makers for Thursday night. Uh, Rick, if that's okay with you, we'll do it now. Sure. All right, fire it up, friend. Let's go. Arrowhead Stadium tomorrow night. If you don't have Prime, you don't have the time to watch the game because it's going to be Amazon Prime televised only. Well, I leave it or not. Can't believe what the NFL has gone to. All right, this week two. It. 
If I could do the intro, Slick Rick, before you okay. start. Week two, NFL. After a wild week one, let's recap where we are, G. Big D down 30 big ones. Slick Rick up 28. Paul plus two. I made five. Back, oh, I made 10 back last week, so yeah. I'm off to a good start. Now we head into week two of the NFL season. Starts tomorrow night. Los Angeles Chargers head out to Kansas City. Both teams 1-0. Oh. Kansas City a four-point favorite. 8-15 tomorrow night. Slick Rick, give me your analysis, and what's the pick? I'm going to Kansas City. Kansas City, here I come. I'm going to take the Chiefs minus four. I'm not betting against that team. They look good. It's going to be them and Buffalo in the AFC, and I don't think they take any prisoners. I'm a little concerned about the four. I'd like to see it at two or three, but it is what it is. But I got to go with the Chiefs. I could just see Patrick Mahomes, five touchdowns last week, looking great against the Cardinals. He's going to be home. Crowd's going to be fired up. Andy Reid is going to want to drive it home, and I, uh, I think the Chiefs are going to win by at least a touchdown. Down. So give me the Chiefs and lay in the four. Paul, how are you getting in on this action? Let me get this straight. You're going to lay the lumber? Yes, sir. All right, what's, what, what's, what are you putting on the game? Yeah, oh, 30? Uh, no, not put 30. <laughs> Come on, let's get crazy here. I'll, I'm going to go five. Let's keep it at five. Right. we got plenty of games coming up this weekend. All right, very good. Um, Paul Nolan, uh, what's your what's your action here? So I'm going to go with Slick Rick on this one. I like, uh, I'm going to lay the lumber as well, but I also like the over in this. I think it's gonna be. A, I think it's gonna be a shootout. I think we're gonna see fireworks on Thursday night football. Over fifty-four. Gonna have some good weather in KC, from what I understand. Okay. All right. I'm, I'm down to clown with uh, KC and the over. Okay. All right. Paul Nolan doing KC and the over. Slick Rick doing KC. There's your odds makers for an early Thursday night. And what's Paul laying? How much? Now who am I betting with over here? You're betting with Damon. <laughs> I, I, I took that two off of you, but you could have it back. All right. No, well, but put another two up. We'll Just see buy pretty shoes, and I'll, I'll make you sure it. you can have them. All right, so you're doing two on each of those, Kansas City and the over? Yeah. I want to give them the five-dime range. Go 2,500 each. Go 2,500 each. Whatever you want to do, Paul. Maybe we thought this through before we did it. 2,500 each. <laughs> That's it. I'm spending Paul's money. All right. All right. As- Go ahead, Slick Rick. Any other sports? Yeah, just a couple of quick division. Uh, we got the, uh, the playoffs, obviously, going on. Almost uh, Major League Baseball getting down to the pennant race. Big D. So, bottom of the six, Cardinals lead the Brewers 3-1 to one in that race. Big race in the Central. Uh, Cubs over the Mets 6-2. Really great race in the East. Uh, that's bottom of the seventh. Mets need that win. And uh, Yanks over the Red Sox 4-1. to one. Yankees starting to look good. Bottom of the eighth looking to pull ahead. Uh, more than six over Toronto and Tampa. Uh, and one quick story. Oh, boy. Boston Marathon creates non-binary category for 2023 race. This is Warner Todd Houston of Breitbart. The Boston Marathon has succumbed to the next radical LGBTQ. Look, I know I was a little blunt in the last two segments, but this one takes the cake. Uh, anyway, LGBTQ agenda by creating a non-binary category for runners who claim to be neither male nor female. Uh, the Boston Athletic Association confirmed on Monday that the new category will be included in all its races, including the 5K, 10K, and the half marathon going forward according to the Daily Mail. The new category was seen in the registration information released Monday for the marathon's 127th run to be held April 17th, 2023. Uh, discussions are go- ongoing with non-binary athletes in an effort to further promote inclusion to all BAA events. We view this year as an opportunity to learn and grow together, the BAA said in a statement. Some on social media worried that allowing non-binary runners will lower standards for entrance. One social media user, for instance, noted that if they don't make the standards 
his youth toward the higher male standards, slower runners will abuse the category just to get qualified in a race for which it's not notoriously hard to win entry, which that is a hard race to get into. So, you know, again, it gives him an opportunity to bend the rules, so to speak, and uh, not a good situation. So just wanted to report that, Big D, and I'm going to leave it back to you. All right, Slick Greg, thanks very much. Uh, any other news, Paul Nolan, you want to do? Uh, no, I kind of covered everything I want to do. The, uh, just one uh, thing, Eco Health Alliance, I'll give the brief version. Uh, a group whose uh, risky bat coronavirus research with the Chinese lab has stirred controversy, received another $1 million grant from the U.S. government for pandemic prevention. That's right. The grant follows the National Institute of Health, the NIH, under Trump administration's terminating the group's funding after it revealed the EcoHealth Alliance had been working with the Wuhan Institute of Virology on bat coronavirus research with similarities to COVID-19. The group's president, Peter Daszak, also played a key role in downplaying the virus, tracing its origins to a lab as opposed to nature. So EcoHealth Alliance is getting more of your money. I will post this on my getter page as well. So this more ridiculous nonsense, and I'm going to try not to curse. All right, very good. Um, gee, let's do the Stacy uh, one more LOL. Stacy Abrams always admitted that she lost. Roll it. May I just say, it's um, thank you for just admitting outright you didn't win. That's such a rare oh, thing. I, I know. See our former president. That seems like a. I, yeah. I, I did it on the day I didn't win. I, I mean, I gave a speech. I, I love words. Words matter. They have meaning and heft. And one is, I'm not the governor. Said that. <laughs> the other is, election wasn't fair to voters. Also said that. In this country, we have the responsibility to challenge broken systems. If we do not lift up problems, we will not get answers. What we don't have the right to is violent response or to spin out conspiracy theories. I don't say things without evidence. And that, I think, is the distinction oh, that is God. being lost in this attempt to conflate who I am and what I've done for the last four years right. with others. Right. But thank you. I appreciate that. What? Because that wasn't the piece I thought it was, because the, there's a piece out there of her saying that and then running about two minutes worth of every time she said <laughs> that she didn't lose. That she didn't lose. What is she talking about that she said all this from the start? She thought she was the governor for like the, first, the next three years. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's crazy. She never and I just, stopped with it. I just want to point out that that is, on The View, that is Alyssa Farha, who was in the Trump administration. In the Trump administration. That is her on the end, praising Stacey Abrams. Talking about late-term abortion today, that it's a made-up term. Her and the other ones on The View, Not So Sunny Hostin. And her, there she is. Oh, yeah, yeah. Late, late term made up by Republicans. She was in the Trump administration. And I ask you, how? How is it possible that she was in the Trump administration and now sits on The View, welcoming Stacey Abrams' baloney and agreeing that late term abortion is a made up term? by Republicans, and that really doesn't happen, and Democrats don't really stand for it. How? You got to get paid, Damon. It's all about the check. It's all about the Benjamins, yeah. man. She don't care. 
right? That, that's how that's how you know these people are, are born for politics because they don't care as long as you pay them whatever. Yeah, is that the position? That's the position I'm taking. It's it's like that Eddie Murphy movie, Distinguished Gentleman. Uh, okay, we've got uh, money from the uh, from the oil companies and we got money from the non-oil companies. Which one do you want? It's it's as simple as that, and they just pay them. They just get paid and they don't care. <laughs> this is my bag. <laughs> Live from uh, Studio 6B. As always, we salute our military, active and active police, firefighters, first responders, EMTs, everybody on the front lines. Thanks, guys, on the show. Paul and Rick, have a great rest of your weekend, your trips. Slick Rick, I'll see you tomorrow night, and I'll see all of you tomorrow night, 8 p.m. G Fran, great job as always. See you tomorrow night, 8 p.m., right here, live from Studio 6B.